review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy, Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Welcome, everyone. Oh, it's too loud, ladies and gentlemen, to the slightly delayed and recording wrestler review. John Hastings is doing a juice cleanse, and he had to take a shit super bad. Oh, a juice cleanse, John. What was that book? Uh, Get Fit Bitch? What the fuck was that? Skinny Bitch. Skinny Bitch, John Hastings. Swole, Dylan Gott speaking right now. Of course, this is 2008-2009. Vince McMahon's years were combining the years because there hasn't been A, enough time to look back on them, and B, we got to fucking finish this out. We overestimated how quickly we'd be doing this, I, YOLO. It's also, these are good years to combine in that this is the, this is truly the fallow period of Vince McMahon because this isn't like this is even before he brings in the rock to do the it'll only happen once twice this is before um he is running around just accusing CM Punk of being a little bitch because he's vegan like this is this is basically like this is when wrestling is gotten like is is I think at its lowest period weirdly in that just no one is talking about it it has fans it has a huge amount of fans but no one gives a fuck it's a very interesting time in that, like, they're actively doing the thing they do now. And this is funny because CM Punk is very instructive on how they basically book every single wrestler who comes off the indies and then the fans really like in that they'll give you a bit of CM Punk. Like, uh, so if you look at a piece of paper, CM Punk is the champion. But if you look at or if you watch the TV show, he's being just fucking uh pinballed around by like the big show and whoever else is like a mid carter but he has the title it's just that like he falls asleep and then wakes up and he's pinning someone and then he goes back to sleep there's no real push for him it's but he's on like looking at the posters of these pay-per-views it's like all the posters are either triple h jeff hardy or cm punk or john cena and like Jeff Hardy's also very popular during this time, but it's the same thing. No one really cares about Jeff Hardy because, like, the not no one, I should say. It's just I'm a gross man and other gross men talk to me. But, like, Jeff Hardy was the other one where Cornette talks about it where you actually, like, women actually like Jeff Hardy. And that makes men very mad in 2000. Yeah, that makes Dylan very mad in 2008. I'm fine with women having opinions. Dylan is, and I'm quoting him now, against that. Dylan Peterson was born in 2008. I'll tell you that. The man who told Jordan Peterson what to do, here's what you say. <laughs> here's how you dress. First of all, read two books, then basically recite those books, and then uh, every other time you, someone asks you opinion, go, icky, icky, you, you, women, no, no. Here's what you do. You say trans people are bad, and then when anyone ever questions you on that, you just ask them about how well their bed is made, and everyone just kind of thinks you deserve to do a bunch of speaking tours that net make you millions of dollars. Yeah, that's what we should have done. We should have made this podcast like something where we say one some common sense stuff and then one weird thing. I mean, that is essentially what we've done with the podcast. We talk about wrestling and then it just gets real weird. Like we talk about wrestling and then mostly we talk about Mean Gene being a definite serial killer and then it's cool. Check this out, John. Here's our new podcast. Bring it out. Uh, there is no reason that a grown man shouldn't be able to lift 250 pounds directly over his head. If you cannot do that, 
you're a piece of shit. Also, dogs are meat. We should eat dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you're not allowed to ask either of the people that posited this idea to lift 250 pounds over their head. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because like I don't have to because I thought of yeah, it. Yeah, just assume that I can. Assume it. Yeah, assume it. 2008, this is actually the financial crisis has hit. So what does Vince McMahon do? Uh, I, I believe this is... And by believe, I mean I'm reading it right now, even though I've read it earlier. He decides to give away $1 million. This is not the first time he gets desperate, but this is one of the many times. Because I completely forgot about the million-dollar giveaway. But this is one of the many, many times that Vince McMahon goes, uh, maybe this will fucking work. I just mean this is one of this is one of the ideas that Vince has where he goes, Why don't we do this? And then everyone else goes, Sure, and then he does it. And he has to the best part is he has to make it clear on television that it's actually his money because there are stockholders and they are upset with him. <laughs> it's really good. It's also really good that during the announcement, um, uh, where he gave uh, gave away $500,000, a lighting fixture fell just feet from where he was standing on the stage. Sparks flew, then the stage collapsed, and a large structure fell over on top of McMahon. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Well, he tries to redo. I remember this because I was like, is he trying to redo the he dies angle? He's like, all right, we've dealt with the Benoit thing. He did whatever. to. He had, a let's say, a street fight with his family. I still want to do the angle where I die. I love the show Dallas, and I will be fucking Jr. for Christ's yeah. sakes. I have to be. I have to be the better Jr. He's doing this just so people start when they're like, "Man, Jr. was great." He's like, "That's me now. I'm Jr." Like this is 2008. Is a, well, I also guarantee that's the last show he watched. So in his mind, uh, popular media goes like this: Evil Knievel, Dallas wrestling, and then eventually we'll get to it. But The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that's those are the three things. Keep in mind, this guy had never heard of Scarface. He, when Scott Hall pitched Razor Ramon in 1992, he was like, "Good character you came up with." He's like, but he hasn't heard it. Like he hadn't heard of Ric Flair. You have to understand. He's great. He lives in his own little bubble, and that's the weird thing about like why they talk about like work-life balance because really gunning it and being an extra huge achiever will get you really really far but eventually if you're in a creative pursuit you end up like vince mcmahon where it's like you only know like basic things and you have nothing to draw on yeah it's also sorry i'm about to cough real bad um just press mute (laughs) there's no mute baby i want them to fucking hear my coughs um that's what happens when you fucking cut out the cigarettes is your lungs revolt all the gunk oh yeah all the they're trying to get it out they're trying to shit out your 2008 2009 is like quitting cigarettes for your lungs and that this is where the gunk really comes out in that uh even Vince McMahon's crazy ideas are not generating the same controversy and surprise from the fans that they were in that yeah it does seem like with the lighting fixture he's trying to recreate Mr. McMahon's dead but no one remembers everyone's like what no this is also a time when two like 2008 2009 is also when tna is really weird and bizarre and so it's one of those weird juxtapositions where like it's just nothing years of 2008 2009 vince isn't crazy he's not pretending to be god he's just backstage being a meanie he's implemented strict writing protocols at this point they're really in the pg era he's removed any sort of a uh, person that would be critical to him in any way. Um, I believe Bruce Pritchard is at by this point gone because he brought a gun to a fucking business meeting because of a tornado. Um, like he literally has 
no one left. He is the only person from any successful era he's had is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and now he's decided he's not going on television unless it is to give a a million dollars of his money away because his stockholders are little bitches and won't let them use his money. Like, it's a very fascinating time. Well, also, he uh, the last couple angles that he's involved in, long-term angles that involve in him being in the ring quite a bit, are he's uh, finishing up the Hornswoggle's My Kid angle, where it's decided that Hornswoggle is actually Finley's kid, and then they beat up Hornswoggle a ton. JBL is Vince's proxy in this, and then the, but it's kind of like a. You're right. It's like everything's used up, so it's kind of like a weirder, lesser Zach Gowan angle, where it's like I'm beating up Hornswoggle. Does this do anything for anybody? I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah, like it's a sadder. It's somehow a sadder Zach Gowan angle. Basically, it reminds me of this. Is like Vince doesn't know it. It's funny because I don't know if Vince knows it, but he's burt reynolds in the like later ep- later uh parts of boogie nights where he's like that's All right. very fun yeah he's just walking around like oh we can't use video what do you mean anal uh what no story fine just fucking get john cena out there he's in some jorts put a i don't know put a cape on him i'm going to bed i love yeah this is sad vince mcmahon this is vincent kennedy sad mcmahon well because the other thing is he sees this and the other thing is what comes to light is that Shane leaves the company. I forget that's 2008 or it's 2009. Yes, I was I was building I was building towards this. As of January 2009, Shane officially leaves the company, and it's for things like you know, obviously Shane wanted to buy the UFC. Vince said no. Shane was like really excited to get ECW because, as you can see by Shane's move set and the way he wrestles. Big fan of ECW. Vince basically says it's not going to be different than WWE. It's just WWE, but we're going to fucking do some other. We're going to make them have different colors. That's that's fucking it. And Paul Heyman and Shane McMahon were kind of on the same wavelength with ECW. And Vince just said no. And that's pretty much what happened, where it's like Stephanie essentially had the same ideas as Vince. Shane had different ideas. Thus, they went in different directions. Now, Jim Ross is quoted as saying that he says that Vince said Stephanie is more like him and Shane is more like Linda. And that's why Shane isn't going to take over the company. I, from what I gleam, it's more Shane is kind of threatening Vince. I think it's both. I think it's Vince can't figure out how Shane is threatening his legacy because Shane is so quiet and nice and he hasn't. He hasn't made anyone smell his actual turds. <laughs> well, I mean, it reminds me of if you watch documentaries on fucking Henry Ford. Like, Vince isn't as nuts as Henry Ford by any stretch of the imagination. Which is saying something, by the way. Oh, buddy. Vince probably says things about the Jews. He's never like been like, you know what I'm going to do? Put a lot of money into a book about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all these famous stories of like Henry F- Edsel Ford, uh, Henry's kid, b- having all these suggestions, like basically being the CEO and name only of Ford Motor Company, and Henry would just say no, just to be like, I still run this fucking company. Fuck you. Vince has obviously never stepped down, but he clearly has a different vision for the company than his son. And his son was like, I mean, it seems like the most normal thing I've ever heard come out of a McMahon's mouth, but he says. I quit the company essentially, so my me and my dada didn't stop talking. Which is, by the way, the nicest thing I've ever heard a son say about a terrible father. Like Shane's entire life is basically just like, well, better go forgive my dad for something he doesn't know he did. Shane, Shane, 
one of your sons is dead and I killed him. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, uh, you're forgiven, Dad. What's that word you just said uh, before Dad? This is the weird thing where it is we are very lucky, I guess, that Shane McMahon turned out to be is somewhat, from what we've heard, moral man. Because you imagine the freedom you have as Vince McMahon's kid. You can just, like, kill anyone and he'll just do away with it yeah you would have yeah but i don't know if you you have that freedom if you're stephanie i don't think he would shane he would be like well now we have an angle for uh for velocity wait what that (laughs) i think it would be like shane would be like uh he would be like i i i have gonna try and come up with a shane mcmahon impression here dad dad i did i did bad i ran over a whole family and then vince would be like that's my boy. Did you Shane suffer a debilitating brain injury on the way to having this conversation? Dad. It was kind of like uh it was kind of like Hank Hill but like a bit more uh sad. Dad, as it turns out if you lick you lick a power socket you end up speaking like Lee. Oh, gave me magic brain again, Dad. Oh, I just want to let you know that I'm about to throw up in my trousers. Ooh, so obviously JBL in February. We should talk about the Royal Rumble. We talked about a lot of things surrounding it, but the Royal Rumble uh, actually had forty up 42,000 people buy, buy rate-wise. Uh, 533,000 bought the Royal Rumble. It was at MSG. This is the Rumble where John Cena comes uh, back early from an injury who's supposed to be out like a full year with a torn pec. He comes back in a couple months because... Steroids. Steroids. This is... Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the... um, Steroids. The the fucking Wellness Act. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah. The wellness policy is not for John Cena. Yeah, the wellness policy has been fucked in the face. John Cena needs to be there at the Royal Rumble and he is and it provides John Cena what? His uh only universal cheer in the last 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> I think people once they saw John Cena and Roman Reigns in the ring, they were like, "I guess John Cena." Mm, which is very No, funny. I prefer Roman Reigns. I boo Cena still. I don't forget what he did to Mr. Punk. John is not allowed around children, and he takes that out on John Cena. Uh, yes, I'm not allowed around children, by the way, not for anything sexual. It's just that I always correct their grammar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what he calls sex with no, children. No, I do not have sex with children. <laughs> that is a good move. Vince um, does, I forget the how it starts, because whatever, who gives a fuck? But this is the start of Ric Flair's retirement angle, where Vince says you have to win every single match. Or you have to retire. And I I have a pet theory about this, by the way, which is Stephanie. What's your pet theory? Uh, Shane is in the process of leaving the company, and so Vince is feeling old that his son is old enough that he can move on to another company and take a job. So I feel um, that uh, he wanted Ric Flair because apparently the whole retirement angle for Ric Flair was not Ric Flair's idea; it was Vince's. And Vince just doesn't want to see an old guy on his television. He's like, you're too old. You make me feel old. Get the fuck off the fucking screen. You remind me of my impending death, Rick. Get out of here. Yeah, you're an old ghost. Get out, you fuck. It is very weird that Ric Flair... So he has to go through all these people. This is like another kind of 2008 WWE meta where he gets through all these people where it's like he beats Carlito, he beats MVP... He's beating all these young guys, and the whole idea is like, can Ric Flair get through these young guys? And then he, and then Vince McMahon books him against himself in a street fight, 
And it's just that annoying thing where, like, they go back and forth. Ric Flair and Carlito do. They go back and forth. Ric Flair and MVP do. But he just straight up beats Vince McMahon in a street fight. And, like, Vince has no help. It's just Vince. Yeah, I remember this match. I assumed it was going to be, like, an interference city. Like, I didn't understand. Yeah. Vince McMahon... This is the part where he really double stamp erase it as like, I could be the Intercontinental Champion. It's just that I'm 60 years old. Like, it's so weird the way he books himself. It's such an odd thing, too, that um, it's odd how Vince books himself. It's odd also that it shows his lack of having wrestling guys around him and that a wrestling guy would go at this point would be like, absolutely not. Like, no, like you can't. Yeah. You need this to be a regular performer. If it's a regular performer against someone who's occasional and they're not the rock or a former champion or an athlete, then they fucking steamroll you like you're a referee. Like we said, like wrestling has like certain metas and like the one thing that AEW does abide by is the wrestling meta of like if you're a manager now, then you are dead. If someone touches you, you're dead. Even if you're Arn Anderson. If you're Arn Anderson, you come in, you spinebuster somebody, that's sick. But as soon as someone breathes on you, you, you're dead now. Like, that's how wrestling works. The Ric Flair retirement angle has is something that actually hangs over the rest of Vince McMahon's life. In that how big of a deal and how much they built WrestleMania around it the night after. It was the thing that was discussed in the first half of this year. And the fact that Rick then immediately went to TNA and kind of fucked him off clearly had an influence on how they present retirements to this day in that like they probably won't even do a big deal for um the undertaker there won't be like a big retirement ceremony for the undertaker even though if anyone deserves it it's that fucking guy um because wrestlers always come back because wrestlers always come back like that's the thing they did the most definitive thing and then it was basically triple h very close to rick flair goes don't fucking come back and then he just came back in tna and did more hardcore matches because he couldn't get the same match rate obviously out of doing just normal matches well, and i he actually has a hardcore match somewhat rate. kind of am on his side in that he literally said i don't want to stop they're making me stop i'm i'm gonna go somewhere else yeah i mean it makes sense it makes sense like do what you do till you want to stop you get, you know what I mean? But like, it's sad from our perspective to watch your childhood get stabbed. Um, like these matches he was doing against Mick Foley are literally men hobbling and just stabbing each other. It looked like you just threw a knife in the middle and told two grandmas to kill each other. I really like them. Oh, you really like? Yeah, them? yeah. I think that's the best, uh, the best matches that they've ever done. If you push G into John's Google, it just goes to grandma stabbing though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you just got to see the fucks bleed, baby. That's my tramp stamp. There you go. Ooh, they got killed. They didn't let they didn't let life leave them. They took it from someone mm, else. The only time you know how bright the light is is when you fa- see it fade from someone's eyes. Quote the Raven, John <laughs> Hastings. Yeah. John used to write for Tosh.0 until he just kept being like, what about these two grandmas killing each other? And he's like, and they were like, no. And he's like, but like they stab each other. That's funny to me. I just kept pitching YouTube videos, which was just me sitting quietly. What about this video? <laughs> Is that a fun video? <laughs> how about, yeah, how about I watch Johnny go to school? Where's the funny part come in? <laughs> You'll see that in a couple months. <laughs> he thinks he can read, but I've been slowly feeding him glass so he's gonna die wait what (laughs) (laughs) taking the weirdest turn this is what happened wellness policies aren't about certain things john here's one of my favorite ones 
Jeff Hardy suspended for 60 days, second wellness violation, and a couple days later, burns his whole home down, killing his dog. Did Jeff Hardy have a meth lab, or did a meth lab just go in Jeff Hardy's house? Exactly correct. It's a it's a big question. It's a great question. Um, I let's everything let's wildly speculate in this moment. Oh please, please let us. Um, you go ahead. Is Jeff Hardy Avril Lavigne? I've never seen them in the same room together. John comments. <laughs> you think Jeff Hardy is? I Avril think Jeff Levine. Hardy is the weird Jean Grey Cyclops super baby of Chad Kroger and Avril Lavigne that somehow went through time and is older than Avril Lavigne, but is somehow still his her kid. It's a weird thing. This is what happens when you grow up in like the deep south. The Hardys are what happens when you grow up in the deep south and you're an artistic person where it's like, uh, I just want to paint. Also, I love dirt bikes and I make my own meth because that's fucking Yeah, cheaper. man. It's fucking artisanal. I'm fucking vegan. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has organic fucking meth. Yeah, let's fucking make it happen. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. Anyway, Jeff Hardy, who I guarantee Vince never thought it was a champion, but people, a lot of people want to see Jeff Hardy as the champ at this point, and uh, people still fucking love Jeff Hardy. Vince McMahon, um, of course, puts on WrestleMania 24, Woo. Florida Citrus Bowl, 74,000 people, just over a million buy rate, which was down 164,000 from the previous year, and this time it was Floyd Mayweather versus The Big Show. Yeah. And they tried to get... Yep. It's the weirdest use of a celebrity ever in that no one remembers this. This this and the Aki Bono celebrity use, no one is like, oh, remember this? They're just sort of like, wait, what happened? Oh, yeah. Like, this, again, is the weirdest part of 2008, 2009, which is why these find these years are combined, is it's these entire years are like, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a weird one because they have that great angle where Mayweather uh, lands the, like, four-punch combo on Big Show and breaks his nose. And then Big Show is legitimately so fucking pissed because... He broke his fucking he nose? Was, <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't supposed to punch him in the face. But the thing was, there was kind of an understanding that Mayweather has really bad hands. Like, he breaks his hands all the time. And that's in a boxing glove in a wrap. So they're like, well, he's not going to actually punch you in the face. And it turns out Floyd Mayweather fucking landed. And it's, it shows you how fast that fucking guy is because he landed four punches and then Big Show realized what happened. Oh, Floyd Mayweather is, like, people are always giving him shit because they're like, oh, he won't be the greatest boxer of all time because of how he picks his fighters. He is an amazing boxer, but he's also an amazing boxer who's met older boxers, and he's like, I'm going to pick my fights and I'm going to keep retiring because, A, I need time to attack my wife because I'm a psychopath. B, That's true. Um, I do not, I want to make sure that my mind is totally clear so I can continue to terrorize my wife well into old age. Two of them are about terrorizing women, just so we know. Yeah, yeah. Just bear in mind, if he once it, when it comes to combat sports of any description, make sure that you realize any decision made by the man involved has something to do with terrorizing a woman. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a. Uh, I guess as of this recording, it's already happened on Saturday. Justin Gaethje versus Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, who everyone is very excited for, and it's getting some mainstream attention. And just let me tell you this: if you don't not very familiar with the UFC, it's literally a man who's the, who's uh, got close ties to uh, Ramzan Kadyrov, who is doing a genocide of uh, homosexuals in Chechnya, and Justin Gaethje uh, is uses the phrase "white genocide" more than never. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the UFC. I don't care who you're cheering for. They've done something 
really fucking weird. Like, yeah. Or it's like this guy, at very least, Habib is the better person because by all accounts, he just ta- takes money from that guy. Do you know what I mean? So he's just kind of like in the service. But Justin Gaethje is very much, he is very much like, uh, I want to go back to a time when men were men. Also, the only um, news I get is from uh, dot. <laughs> porn i want to point out by the way saying things like white genocide or all lives matter have become the i'm a vegan of this decade (laughs) (laughs) or no it's just the uh instead of uh i have a black friend you're just like listen i thank god i don't have to pretend i have a black friend anymore white genocide (laughs) but i like but bear in mind this is how reviled and we're talking and this relates to 2008 and 2009 because it was still the time of sure this is when the Tea Party just came out because Obama, they were like, we got to figure out a way to not like Obama where we don't watch the news. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you watch the news, there's totally ways to not like Obama. But like, I don't watch the news. I don't like how he looks. So we should fucking, we're the Tea Party. Oh, and next, and not next week, because next week we're doing WWE Studios. But the week after we get to uh, talk about how um, Dutch Mantel went from a heel and uh to a baby face with jack swagger because they were doing a tea party gimmick that did not go as planned and vince kind of had to pull the plug and change it because this is supposed to be the pg era this is the start of the bg era and uh, oh baby some people love jack swagger for what dutch mantel said i thought that and it's weird because they don't really put uh pull the plug because it's like it lasts a long ass time well, because they change it to like a is an America fucking sweet angle. Yeah, that's true. And uh, but they don't have it. But like the real, the real meat and potatoes of it, much like the West Texas rednecks would have been like, just have Jack Swagger against people of color. Yeah, just have Jack Swagger take a real gun and be like, I'm going to kill Goldust. Dustin Rhodes also has to that's die. That's it. And then peep, everyone cheers. He pulls the trigger, and then he just runs him over with a four wheeler until Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um. Uh, and then Dylan's like, finally, someone agrees with my beliefs and how the people should be treated. Dylan McDermott. No, good, good fucking <laughs> Dylan McDermott of ER. Oh, man, that really got me. Dylan McDermott. Yeah, yeah. Dylan's alias, Dylan McDermott. Guys, just, start, just keep Googling. Got your so ass, I'm more Googled than right, Dylan fucking McDermott. nailed it. I did it. John, 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 I John, fucking John, killed John, John. you. So, WrestleMania, Batista is not really on championship level anymore cm punk wins his second straight money in the bank randy orton beats john cena in a triple in triple h pardon me for in a triple threat for the wwe championship the undertaker beats edge and of course we get i'm sorry i love you Shawn michaels beats rick flair in the uh, career match. i have never found this moment very heartfelt i always have just been like it's a big drunk kicking a weird christian guy whose every thought is just i don't like them can i have cocaine well, this is the interesting thing where it's like Vince goes in on the idea that Rick needs to retire for WrestleMania because we basically WrestleMania needs as many fucking things as possible now. And you've got the big show. you got The Undertaker's streak is another thing for WrestleMania, obviously, at this point. Now we have Ric Flair's retirement. That's three things. That works, right? So he goes in on it. Flair wasn't really in on it wasn't wholly liking the idea so he just wrestled afterwards and everyone saw this as a betrayal of obviously this huge retirement and the fact that he got the best retirement in the history of pro wrestling let's not yeah mince words oh my god if you actually stuck to it it would have been amazing and also the amount of fucking people that vince mcmahon clearly did not want in one of his fucking rings 
who came down to congratulate him. Like, he had to talk to Tully. He had to recognize the NWA that it happened. Yeah. Where they were like, uh, Rick was probably like, I want to bring in members of the NWA. He's like, absolutely, I'll see what MZ Ren's up to. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, Ice Cube will be right there. That's the only NWA. Oh, my God. Yeah, where's... Where's that white fellow that may have given Easy E a? I'll fucking dig up Easy E if I have to, but if I call Ole Anderson, I'll fucking. Oh, kill that's him, the I swear funniest thing that's ever been said in the history of this program. <laughs> he kept trying to bring in MC Ren for the for Rick. Here he is. This is your friend Ren. Woo! I don't know, baby Ren. You want to just call? Ren? Just call Ren Tully Blanchard. I'm not. I'm not talking to that oh, man. Oh, that fucking makes my fucking year. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Oof. So this is the interesting thing. So at the WWE draft on June 23rd, Vince gives his final giveaway of a million dollars. And this is the victim of the terrible accident thing. So that's how they get out of the million dollar giveaway, which did increase buy rate or sorry, viewers a bit, but every wrestling fan hated it. Yeah, but that's that's... But that's wrestling right now. Is it's basically there's that's wrestling as a thing where it's like that's the other thing when you realize how many people watch that Donald Trump hair versus hair match. You're like, okay, this vindicates everything Vince says because people who casually watch wrestling are gonna like different things than people who know about Chris Masters. Well, again, it's also the thing of wrestling fans think wrestling is like football in that everyone who watches really gives a shit. The vocal majority as in the people that talk they all give a shit everyone else is kind of like wait what all right okay that happening cool and then every once in a while people will be like oh i'm actually intrigued by this hence why they bring they bring back the rock in a couple of years well this is the weird thing about it where it's like and i've always thought this about wrestling where it's like you're if, if you're a wrestling fan or sorry if you're a wrestling company you're at this weird impasse because it's like an AEW will get there because right now AEW can just can just play to the nerds and essentially like have a good amount of people that watch it because there's a lot of fucking wrestling nerds there's a lot of wrestling nerds who really pay attention to wrestling right and they'll get to a point or they hope to where they are going to get casual fans and then it's kind of like what do you do to make casual fans really like it and nerds happy and then that's where the wwe's been for a million years not that they've ever navigated those two I will tell you, but I, I think that in 2008, 2009, Vince could have actually looked to WCW. He would never have done this, but looked to WCW on how to navigate those waters in that you basically have a bunch of different... Oh, he has enough TV time, for sure. He has enough TV time to do it, but it's basically you break up the show and that you always have a cruiserweight match. Yeah. You always have competitive women's match. Basically, what you have to do is start having good competitive matches with a variety of talent every week, and that is something that he's been absolutely unable or unwilling to do essentially since he took over the company, which is really fascinating. Well, this is the intro. All right, so we'll get to SummerSlam, August 17th, uh, 477,000 buys, down 60,000 from the previous year. This is the first pay-per-view of the PG era in July. On July 22nd, They WWE states a press release um, that they're going to be catered towards a family audience. Now, this really highlights, because CM Punk wins the title, for from uh bradshaw or sorry he doesn't win the title but he is already champion he defends the title against bradshaw and if everyone remembers that angle it was like bradshaw saying why don't you drink and being a really great heel and cm punk just going just say no which is such an 80s 
cheesy thing, and they're they're really presenting CM Punk the wrong way because, as we all know, CM Punk's a fucking cock. <laughs> so you treat him like he's a cock, and then he's fucking he also wins. Like that's the way you. But it comes down to this thing where we're talking about where the reason why Vince McMahon doesn't have that nerd that nerd hour that Nitro did is because Eric Bischoff just wanted to make a thing successful, and then he basically got drunk with power and was like, "I'm on TV, I'm the best." Whereas Vince McMahon only wants you to like his thing. He wants to be successful, but he wants you to also be like, I'm sorry, I was right. You were right, Vince. I was wrong for liking what I like. And he goes, ha ha, yes, now get in the piss tub. And then you get into the piss tub and you're covered in piss. That's my old piss. You don't even get the new piss. Ha ha. So so at the end of it, like CM Punk's the champ, yeah. But at the end of the day, he's going to be presented as the the indie guy who got lucky and not like this is part of the WWE family we make love in the tub in the piss tub yeah everyone drink my piss everyone make love to my piss yeah you don't get my piss that's funny he keeps saying you don't get my this is my piss you don't get any of my piss the undertaker is once again in the WWE championship uh circle so things are are going bad uh November 23rd, Survivor Series takes place. That was in Boston. 319,000 people bought the show, only down 6,000 from the previous year. They have a casket match on this show. They have Team Orton versus Team Bautista for the 5-on-5 SmackDown Raw Survivor Series thing. This is the era, too, where they're a guy with a fucking sick look who they didn't really do much with, uh, Vladimir Kozlov. They try and push him. The classic, like, this guy looks intimidating. Is he a main eventer? Well, he just learned to wrestle. All right, he's not. Shoot him in a field. <laughs> yeah, Vladimir Kozlov is the most fascinating. Like, check out this guy and see you in hell, Vlad. Yeah, because he was cool because, like, he his move, He was one of the first guys to use, like, a... Well, this is the transition, too, where they're starting to use strikes as finishers. And... He had a headbutt that was awesome, and it was such an easy move to do because it was like so easy to just put a cruiserweight in the ring, and then a cruiserweight does like a fucking 960 splash. Vladimir Kozlov just hits them with part of his body, and then they fall on their head, break their neck. Vince shoots them, and then for safekeeping, shoots their dog and their kids, yeah. and Vladimir Kozlov is super over, but he just couldn't wrestle that well. He always forgets the part where it's like these dudes in the 80s who were monsters for three months and then moved out of the territory. They had been wrestling for five or six years. And Vladimir Kozlov just got in a ring. Vince was like, all right, fuck it. Because he did look cool. I mean, he's an actor. He was in The Wire in the in the second season that no one likes. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it because it really set up the rest of the show, but I can see people's point with it. <laughs> All right, that is the end of 2008, and we'll be going into 2009, the post-Shane McMahon era, where, you guessed it, nothing changes yeah, after the it's break. It's really fun what happens in the post-Shane McMahon era is for the fir- in January of 2009, every Raw and every SmackDown is just... Um, I want to point out, by the way, just before we break, how much of a non-event okay. the giving away a million dollars is, in that we talked about it in a sentence, and I feel like we covered it completely. Like for well, he always tries one zany thing a year, but doesn't fully commit to it. Like here's here's my thing, and here's the biggest point: Who won the million dollars? Does anyone remember them giving it away? No, I mean they only gave away because there was one episode where he gave away two dollars, one where he gave away two hundred and fifty thousand. So they're trying to do it like a game show, but no one really cared. If this is how weird wrestling was at this point, no one cared that a billionaire was giving away a million. Everyone was like, "What? Shut up." Well, you kind of don't believe it. No. 
Not me. Like only it only would have worked. The million dollar giveaway only would have gained steam if they would have done it for like probably a year solid. Like really commit to it. But he would never you know what I mean? Guy's not gonna give away fifty two million dollars. It's so But that's the type of Yeah. It's real good. It's really good stuff. It's just it's an old man idea. Like we'll give away a million dollars. Why? I don't fucking know. Shut no, up. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, that's why I'm going back to sleep. Yeah, no talking, only sleeping. <laughs> More of the horn dogs after the break. Hey, Dylan, have you ever thought about giving us money because we fucking do a good fucking job for these fucking ungrateful fans? They're all pieces of shit. Every fucking week, we take time to research this show, then forget most of it and talk about who would like to come on. Yeah, and by I think that deserves money. And by we, we mean a guy we've met a few times, and he needs money because I keep promising to pay him, but then I say, no, haven't earned it. Why? <laughs> yeah. I spend the money on candy and hummus separately. I, I don't I don't dip the candy in hummus. That would be a Old taste Snickers sensation. Old Snickers Bar Hummus Hastings over here needs money. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review or rate and subscribe on iTunes or do both. And here's another one. Fucking shut the fuck up, buddy. Yeah. Right now, are you talking? Are you talking? Are you talking to me? Where are you listening on? Were you doing dishes? Turn, fucking turn, break all your dishes, you fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> shut your cock washer and use your fucking dick grabbers to give us some fucking money. It's 2009, the year of Vince McMahon, the year Dylan Gott and John Hastings met in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. On a bed of roses. You're a bed on a bed of yeah. We fucked hard on a bed of roses. Yeah, we both bled very much because roses. Uh, that's why I want the, the red to be you. there, baby. It'll cover up the holes. Ooh, stick the rose in my dick hole. Oh, I'm very uncomfortable now. Uh, January of 2009, Chris Jericho uh, told Stephanie uh, that he called Vince McMahon and that he was coming to Raw next week. Oh my God. Chris Jericho's back. This is this is the this is the short hair Jericho save us, Chris Jericho. I get confused on which Jericho return this is. No, this is Jericho because he had just lost to John Cena after guaranteeing he would stop John Cena, and then they murder him and he goes and hangs out with Fozzie for like a year or two. Yeah, this is like one of the many retirements of Chris Jericho. Yeah, this is when everyone remembers Chris Jericho fondly because he has enough time to do another thing and then come back and make people want to see him again rather than the malaise he was caught in in the mid-2000s, which was basically... This is the thing no one... Rem- basically, Chris Jericho was The Miz, where everyone was like, oh, that guy's on here again. Like, he's good, but who gives a shit? And it's like, no one really treats themselves... Or create second options for themselves like Chris Jericho did. Well, Chris Jericho was also smart in that he would leave, come back. He would do an exciting thing. He would always come back differently, stuff like that. He's also, yeah, he's just also, he knows how to play to the wrestling. He knows that if you get the hardcore, intense wrestling fans on board, everyone else will fucking follow. Yeah, of course. And um, this is the thing that I've long thought about wrestling where it's like you need like an off season. You need a reason for a guy to like go away for a couple months and then come back. If he's not a champion, he should just like go away for a while and then come back so people are excited to see him again. But you know who's not ever no one's excited to see? Who? Jack Swagger, the ECW champion. Oh who no. Wins that title in Detroit, Michigan. It's crazy I didn't remember ECW being around in two thousand nine, but I guess it was. 
By rate, 450000 As if Detroit hadn't been through enough in this time period, they had to watch Jack, 21-year-old swagger, use the Vader bomb for no reason. He's not fat enough for it to be an effective move. I've it's said true, it he's not. That always made me mad. And this is, again, Vince McMahon now. Vince McMahon at this point, by the way, has just basically... This is full ECWWE. Like, this is not... Oh, yeah. This is this is NXT essentially. There, there are yeah, there are hitmen with ice picks ca- like out to find Sabu just to make sure that he doesn't tell someone about what it used to be. <laughs> but this is totally like NXT, but like with wrestlers that Vince would regularly push in the eighties. Like this is kind of like the weird last gasp of Vince being able to get a guy from like Jack Swagger has an amateur wrestling background. He's a big dude and. I, I don't, when he first came out, I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. He's got that perfect thing of like, he's a dick and his last name's Swagger. It's just like a, like a weird, like Rick Rude, like a really good name like that, where his last name is kind of his character, but it's not like the classic wrestling thing where it just spells it out completely. Yeah. Steve Angry or whatever. But I thought he was going to be great. And this is like ECW during this time is totally NXT because they have people like Mark Henry in there. They have people like Matt Hardy in there. So you have like your kind of like lower mid card dudes who you can present as more up the card and then you get people who just learning to wrestle to wrestle them so they're learning from solid hands as well and really developing really quickly um randy orton wins the royal rumble wins the 30 man over the top royal rumble this is 2009 baby this is the time when uh it's pretty much the th- the guys from 2005 were forced to stop doing steroids now it's been four years and uh I don't know, man. Why don't you just watch football? Do you like Monday Night Football? Well, uh, you you will, because this is boring. Oh, this is also Santino being a woman. Cool. Oh, yeah. This is Dylan's favorite part, because it's both offensive to women and to Italian people somehow. <laughs> yeah. As much as you take down the Italians, that'd be amazing. This is the We really not covered the fact that Vince McMahon even rid himself of Jim Cornette finally. Uh, because Jim Cornette was providing him with too many good members of his talent roster that he could build a company around. So he had him fired uh, because he slapped Santino Morella and then had to give Santino Morella a contract for many years to make sure that there were no lawsuits. And then Santino Morella went from a guy out of the crowd who's defending Italy to uh, he wears a dress. Ha ha ha. Look it. He, he became the WWE comedy man. Yeah. And here's the thing that's amazing about Santino Morella, by the way, is that he seems totally fine with everything he did. Like, he's just sort of like, that's right. I did that shit. Who gives a fuck? This is probably more important, oddly, but in March, the WWE finished the 2008 fiscal year with the highest grossing in company history, over half a billion dollars, net profit of $45 million, the sixth most profitable year to that point. It's so crazy he's able to do this. Like, it's so crazy that with all of the problems, all the issues within his company, he was still able to fucking make an absolute cockload of money. Vince McMahon has made an entire living off of something that wouldn't be possible in 2020, which is, I guess I'll just watch wrestling because it's on TV. Because, like, it's not good. Like, what he's done for the last 10 years hasn't been good. I mean, no, not 10 years at this point. But, like, eight years has, like, been not good. Yeah, sorry. Basically, what it is, it's also so many of um the wrestling fans just keep going, I want it to be good. Like, they keep just watching me like, maybe this will be the time it's good. It's like every Monday was like Christmas and every present you opened was just a letter from your dad that said, fuck you. Yeah, but every once in a great while, it was a letter from your dad that said, I put one in your mom. 
<laughs> and you're like, maybe I have a brother. No, I don't. Yeah, like I get that's something, I guess. And you're like, what? For fuck's sake. I remember this at the, during this time, people would get excited about something that was happening on wrestling, and I would just say, Dad's not showing up to soccer practice. Like, you just have to either watch old wrestling that you like or just like what you're watching. Because I don't like when people just complain, complain, complain. Um, it's also, yeah, I know, but I also, I enjoy, part of the reason I like wrestling is I enjoy complaining. Can I, can I just have that, Ooh. please, you fuck? Hot take off the fucking stove? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, why the fuck not? That's where I'm taking it from. There's some fucking fun shit, though. Like, this is like the members of Legacy. Um, This is when they heat up Triple H and Randy Orton, where he does that great angle where he DDTs Stephanie, then gets right in Triple H's face. But also, it's like the last time you'll see this, the, the fucking badass... The badass motherfucking um, McMahon family where there's one where Legacy's in the ring, which is Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase Jr., and Randy Orton. And keep in mind, Ted DiBiase Jr. was someone at that time they had pegged for, like, this guy's a future world champion. Oh, yeah. They really thought that fucking um, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. was going to be the shit and not, like, check out this future real estate agent, which is clearly what I thought he was going to be. But, I mean, man, and then who comes out to fucking take down a guy who's a world champion and his two young studs a 60 year old man triple h and a guy who wears a baseball jersey because he doesn't want you to see his chest yeah 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 yeah. the classic steve austin oh yeah don't know don't know vince is angry don't know no wait he just he has to refuel because his old bones hurt so much yeah it's uh it's really good stuff and I enjoy every minute of the fact um, that two. But again, 2090s. I feel like there's a there's nothing really to like. It's like we're chewing on a bone and there's no meat. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're chewing on Dylan's dick because it's fucking hard. But there's nothing to fucking suck on. <laughs> That's true. Like it's basically chewing on my one inch like dick. 2008 and 2009 are the products of every bad decision Vince McMahon. Like how are the di- or how are the women's matches? Well, they're called divas, and they are basically two women attempting to show the fans their tits. And then when they do, they leave the ring quickly because then someone comes out with a fire hose and screams, "Dirty, dirty, dirty whores!" Well, this is actually interesting because during that finance call, he was like basically responded to all the people that were mad that Braun panties matches didn't happen anymore, and his response was, "Well, now we have a Pepsi sponsorship." I mean, once they go really PG, good. that's really they don't. Good. They don't call them like dumb skanks anymore. They call them divas. And uh, like, and this is when, honestly, this is when, this is the year definably that Vince McMahon realizes that he can just pretty much throw everything into cruise control and things will just work out because they make more money than they ever have. Or sorry, the sixth best year in WWE history. And then this WrestleMania on WrestleMania 25, obviously it's a big uh, 25 is like a big draw within itself, but the buy rate's almost a million dollars and they have no celebrities. 960,000 people bought this pay-per-view. Um, and I should say this, CM Punk wins his second straight money in the bank. I said that in 2008, his second money in the bank, but this was his second money in the bank, CM Punk wins. And other than that, like they do the fucking uh, Jericho... Oh, no, this is Short Hair Jericho, because this is the match where Jericho faces uh, all of the legends, where Roddy Piper comes in the ring. Yeah, this was supposed to, and then this was, again, this was supposed to be another celebrity's high, and this was him trying to get Mickey Rourke in the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then they were going to have a match, him and Mickey Rourke. 
Yeah, but again, Vince didn't know how to deal with a celebrity, and then Mickey Rourke showed up with Frank Shamrock, and hilariously, um, that um, Vince said, "Vince said, who's that guy?" And then Chris Jericho said, "That's his bodyguard." And Vince laughed and said, "Okay, if things go down, I'll get the short guy." Yeah, not realizing that it's like, um, that guy will rip your arms off just to suck your suck your dick better, you know? Exactly. Not yet. So fu- that's the fucking. That's how you do it, by the way. You rip both their arms off, and then you can suck them off real good. But this is, and Mickey Rourke backed out of the match. A because like this is this is also weird because it's like this Mickey Rourke Chris Jericho thing is why the wrestler didn't win an Oscar because no. the wrestler was totally going to win an Oscar and then the Academy saw him that he was gonna like wrestle Chris Jericho so and the other thing is Chris Jericho did an interview on CNN that was like trying to work up the angle and like clearly it's a wrestler but Mickey Rourke took it seriously that's why Frank Shamrock was there he was like I guess this guy's gonna actually try and fight me and Chris Jericho had to call him and be like. No, I was pretending, you dummy. It's so fucking good. Like, and again, this is the thing which is also weird is it shows the lack of Vince McMahon power. And that Vince McMahon, he's a studio owner. He could get, he could just go to Mickey's agent and be like, um, like this isn't, this is all fake. Just tell your guy to calm down. We're doing it. But they're just going for it. It's also crazy that Mickey Rourke didn't fucking know that this was going to cost him a fucking Oscar. I still don't necessarily believe that, quite frankly. Mickey Rourke's dumb as shit. If he like sees Chris Jericho be like, I'm going to beat you up and be like, it's real. Oh, no. Like he, He's dumb as shit. Well, that's what they say about actors is that like really, really good actors are either super smart or dumb as shit. Yeah, because they don't fucking, there's nothing there. Yeah, because either you're super smart and you can actually totally get into the character. Like I guess like Joaquin Phoenix. Or your Mickey Rourke, where it's like you're a wrestler, and he's like, "Okay, I'm a wrestler," and he just reads. It's a like, good job at like acting like you. Uh, those lines, those lines were me. I'm the lines now, and then he just yeah. What's like why Robert De Niro is a terrible interview in that he's literally just a fucking dolt, and I'm tired. He says that during interviews. I mean, his eyes, body manner, and comportment say all of that. I don't. <laughs> his comportment. That's right. Word of the day, toilet paper, biatch. Oh, oh, this is the first Undertaker-Michaels match, which everyone loves. And then Triple H and Randy Orton go out, and I remember this. They both hit an RKO and a pedigree within eight seconds of each other, and then it's like an okay match. Is it really good? It's just Triple H winning things, man. Like, it was... Yeah, this is... Well, this is, yeah, the tail... This is truly the tail end of... um uh, of Vince fucking making sure and keeping all of the fucking ducks in a row so he holds on to more fucking shows. It's just fucking, it's sad all around. It's just like, yeah, there we go. But once again, this is super profitable for WWE. It's so prof. It's so, so profitable. Which is crazy that this is how he makes, I can't believe that this is so profitable for him in many ways. Well, it's just people will watch wrestling. It's like, well, I could try really hard and then six people would watch wrestling or I can just put it all in neutral i can't believe that he is up like 20 hours a day thinking and this is what he comes up with he's like i got an idea triple h wins and everyone's like he's already winning and he's like good yeah and then he just goes <laughs> and then he goes what makes like a he makes one of those fucking like sailboats but inside a glass is that what he's spending all his time on because to me it's like what are you doing because it seems like a business that runs itself yeah he's a dumb fucking baby boy yeah it's august 2009 and and Christian DX is still there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. My favorite of all the DXs. Like, we fast forward from um, March. In March, we have uh, Randy Orton delivering his WrestleMania address, talking about his feud with Triple H. 
Um, and then the limo with Vince, Shane, and Triple H, as we referenced, fucking, they just fucking beat the shit out of goddamn Legacy. And then in August, we go forward to August, and DX is still fighting Legacy. They're beating Legacy, which is like, okay, I guess, sure. And this is the other thing where they, like, buried the shit out of Legacy. And then I remember at the next WrestleMania, they started being like, oh, everyone really likes Randy Orton, and the RKO from nowhere took off. So they have Randy Orton beat up both members of Legacy, and just like basically like okay well this Ted DiBiase Jr is going to be our champion of the future let's get him over by like having him lose to these old men a ton they're the spirit squad but they get to wear tights it basically seems like they put Randy Orton with Ted DiBiase Jr cuz they're like Ted DiBiase Jr said hello to a woman we need to give him that killer instinct if he's going to be the champion we better have him hang out with this sawed off psychopath yeah well i mean Ted, Ted DiBiase Jr did look like he had a great look but then you take it into account. I'm also going to point this out. This is the first and only time I've heard of a guy that Vince thought was going to be champion and he didn't actually smash him over and try and make him champion. Like it kind of didn't work out. I think Ted DiBiase Jr. just didn't care that much. Also, he had seen his dad. Like he got into wrestling because he was good at it, I guarantee. And then he like saw what he did to his dad and then... I mean, yeah, but he would—he would have seen what it did to his dad before he got into wrestling. Like Ted DiBiase was was Christian at this point. Like Ted DiBiase Jr. was living through the years where he'd come home and be like, "Who wants some fucking money? You gotta give me money if you want me to take. You gotta take. You want me to put my dick away? Because this is the only way you do it." <laughs> hey, hey, Teddy, hey, Teddy, you do good. Did you good? Did you good? Did you good? Did you good? Do good school? Did you do good? fucking better have manner oh holy fuck holy fuck that's the like that's the <laughs> wrestling that fucking uh teddy remembers also by the way i have never felt better about my ability to um um being a drunk person than that one ever that was so good to the point that i feel actively stupider right now talking <laughs> so this is we fucked up because january 1st 2010 is when shane mcmahon announces he's leaving wwe his official statement was that uh he didn't want his father around his children and that his dad kept showing up at his house at 3 a.m yelling you're not up yet are you and then driving off down the street yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. by the way that's that's what i do to dylan most days he goes, you're up, not up at 3 a.m.? Rise and grind, bro. And then he takes a shit on my lawn. Yeah, rise and suck me off, bitch. And then I'm like, ooh, fertilizer. And then I go sleep in the shit. Oh, God. And I do. Uh, ooh, a little poo-poo pillow. But he gives like a very long speech, which is, I wish I had the ability that CEOs do to give huge long speeches where I say nothing. I 100% agree. I couldn't fucking agree with you fucking more. That's such a fucking great point. It's good that my dad is alive, and it's good that my family's alive. I'm alive, too. Goodbye. I just want to let you all know that I'm here to um, let you know that I'm the number one guy. Now, if anyone questions anything or asks about the variety of lawsuits I have, you're bringing negativity into this company. Don't be negative. <laughs> Don't be negative and ask me about all the definite crimes I've committed. I love crimes. Yeah. We're just here to kiss. Now let's fight. Yeah, it's they basically say, as some people do, it's mostly JR, but JR says that Shane assumed it would be his birthright to take over the company and the, all, all these new ideas, and then Vince was like, new ideas? Stephanie then. Yeah, Stephanie's the one who's smart enough to just make sure what uh, make sure that my legacy is remind, uh, remembered as being an awful man that was friends with a president who will later go to jail. That's what I want. Oh, 
The president I'm talking about, by the way, is Joe Biden. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. What? Sleepy Woo! Joe going to jail. Right wing review. Right wing review. <laughs> we do so much more better. Like smelly butt face. <laughs> uh, he eventually comes back. Vince McMahon makes these periodic appearances on whatever television show to like quote unquote pop a rating, but it's mostly like, hey, you know everyone who's important on this show, I'm more important than them. So just who everyone knows here, I'm the main star. Fuck off. Yeah. It's a great point uh, that Dylan's raising, and I completely agree with it, that Vince McMahon makes the right decision and makes himself the focus of television every time he comes back because, um, weirdly, it's also he's the most recognizable person on TV because uh, he's the handsomest boy and he kisses good. Oh, by the way, I just received a check from WWE because they've been fucking listening to the show and it's time for us to fucking get on side. Fuck, I would really love that. Uh, also, 2009 is the double booking controversy, which I have. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely, where they had the Lakers and the Nuggets. They had like a four on four match where John Cena was a Lake in Lakers jerseys and Legacy and everyone were in Nuggets jerseys and Legacy lost. That's what I remember. Yeah, because this is also the buildup of. Yeah, it was basically. Yeah, so the Pepsi Center double booking controversy. On May 19, 2009, Stan Karoki double booked the May 25th, 2009 date of the Pepsi Center, already a scheduled WWE wrestling event for Monday Night Raw and a playoff game of his own Denver Nuggets against the Los Angeles Lakers. The WWE event had been been booked a year in advance. Karoki had tried to have the WWE hold the event on May 24th, 2009, which was a Sunday. Vince McMahon refused that date in question. Um, because he'd already agreed on the Monday um, nine months prior. Crokey was criticized by Vince McMahon for not having faith that his team would reach that far uh, in the playoffs on May... Boom! It's so good. On May 20th, WWE moved Raw to the Staples Center in Los Angeles, the home of the the Nuggets Ryoffs in the playoffs, the Lakers. The WWE also moved the following night SmackDown ECW taping, which would also have been scheduled at the Pepsi Center to the Staples Center as well. In addition to rescheduling all WWE live events in the state of Colorado, the company had planned that weekend back to August. The WWE's website then went on to say that Vince McMahon would call out Crokey on the Raw in question, and they later made a joint public press release that Crokey had written for both men and Vince McMahon had decided to hold the Raw that Sunday night, thereby uh, backing up WWE's claims. Basically, a guy tried to big dog Vince McMahon and didn't realize, buddy, you're in the petty shop. Time to get messy. Yeah. Uh, you're Tom Petty. I'm Richard Petty, buddy. Oh, I just laughed your ass. fucking hell. Dylan Gott's on fire this episode. The juice cleanses. It's drained my funny bone, but luckily Dilly, Dilly's got a funny boner. <laughs> But it's true. This is where Vince is a genius, though, man. Like, if he didn't, like, he can't write wrestling, but little shit like this where it's like, hey, you double booked and the NBA has more precedence over and is better than WWE, so it's a playoff game. It's, like, more important. You guys can just do your show whenever. Okay, cool. There's no more wrestling in Colorado anymore. Um, I have your dog. I have eaten your dog. Uh, your cat also I stuffed inside your dog. So I ate your dog and your cat. Your wife is here. She's my wife now. And we're having a show at your father-in-law's house who, I, who I've convinced you uh, funded the Nazis in 1930. It's so. this amazing thing. It's also why do why like he should be known as like, oh, just don't. 
It's not that anything is going to happen. It's just going to annoy. You'll always remember the year you tangled with. Oh, Vince McMahon. Well, it's also like Vince McMahon won't be like, he'll be like, ah, my daughter's baptism. Uh, Have a clone. I make a clone and have him stand in. Someone was rude to me in line. Clear my schedule. I'm going to destroy this man. Like, it's like, that's totally what he does, though. He's like, there's nothing Vince McMahon likes more than getting in a pissing contest with another billionaire because that puts him in the stratosphere of a billionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah, I also don't think he knows how to be a billionaire and that he thinks that this is how a billionaire no. acts. He's a carny. Yeah, he's a car- he's carnival trash, man. Like, most people would have just done the Lakers thing because it's funny. Like, we'll go to Lakers who they're playing in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, who and cares? it's also the Lakers are probably going to win. It's the fucking Lakers. Oh, during this time? I don't know. Yeah, this definitely was the when the Lakers were very good. Which is very funny because like even John Cena was in a Kwame Brown jersey. Which is he wasn't because this is still this is still fucking Kobe. That's how I pronounce it, by the way. Oh, really, Kobe steak? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Kobe. Uh, I think you'll find it's Kobe. Ooh, <laughs> uh, no, yeah, the Lakers probably beat the Nuggets. I know the Nuggets never really got out of the first round. I'm gonna look this up. Let's look up something that has nothing to do with um with the show we'll look i'll look this up later well let's keep reading here because we got survivor series <laughs> oh they started having guest hosts too that's terrifying yeah this is again oh, this is the Piper. time where he's just trying everything to get some sort of celebrity fucking notoriety he's getting guest hosts he's sucking off a guy he's eating <laughs> really which guy did he suck off uh rocco sabretti are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't Rocco's Roughhouse? Where, where Vince McMahon got aggressively consensually throat fucked by Rocco's, by noted aggressive porn star Rocco Savretti. Uh Oh, the Los Angeles Lakers definitely did beat the Denver Nuggets. It was the Western Conference Finals. So Carmelo Anthony had a good series. Yeah, Rocco Savretti did it, and then Peter North just brought in buckets of his own spunk. <laughs> That's the back in the day when, you know what, me and John knew these male porn star names. Hmm. Don't have as much free time on our hands, do we, John? Yeah. Male porn I star names. one of them <laughs> got the last name Nitro now. It's always weird when you watch porn and they advertise the man. Where it's like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't, I don't need a hyperlink to the man's profile. No, I do. I want to see how, I want to see how he does it. And if it's not my style, then I throw my computer out. I've been through a lot of computers. <laughs> Throw the computer out because that's disgusting. I wildly overreact. Oh, this is MMA Undertaker as well. Oh, this yeah, is this is everything. This is, of course, MMA Undertaker. He's a striker now. But this is the height, maybe. <laughs> the, this is probably the best part of the Undertaker's career, oddly, in the ring because he beats Big Show and Jericho by submission in a triple threat match. And they just kind of ignore that part of the Hell's Gate is pinning himself, which is good. Respectfully disagree respectfully disagree that this is the best part of the undertaker's career i wouldn't say it's a yeah he's working with a lot of people that help him out there's a lot of people that are like all right let's make like they know that this this is a match where you got to be remembered as doing well or people are like you didn't do well with the undertaker therefore you got to leave and it's like he's an old tall man who smells like whiskey and keeps being like i'm a vegan now it's my yard you want but you want to you know how old my wife is she's fucking younger than you <laughs> my wife is so goddamn young. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, you know what else is in my yard? There's my kids and my wife. I can't tell them apart because they're all about the same age. Oh, I'm very hungry. Yeah, that's my yard. I fucking, I fucking grow young women in yeah, my yard. Yeah, my yard. yard my yard. Guess what happens when you turn 40 and you're my wife? Now you're my ex-wife and I marry the nanny or a female wrestler in my yard. My yard has weird rules. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know what happens in fucking Survivor Series? Uh, John Cena beats Triple H and Shawn Michaels in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. No one's happy. No one likes the main, main, main eventers at this time. It's no, like, okay. because this was this was super fucking, super fucking Super Cena. Like, this was super... this. And they also fucked over, because I remember this, I wanted to say this about the original the 2007 One Night Stand, is that they put John Cena out there and had their champion, their dude who's the face of their company, be portrayed as like getting booed like crazy, right? Yeah. And totally the people, the, the actual wrestler who they wanted to see out there was Triple H. Interesting. Like totally they would, if it was Triple H... When Triple H was the champ and he faced Rob Van Dam, the place would have come unglued and Triple H would have been, like, probably in real danger. But, like, Cena was also in real danger. Like, he was over as such a fucking heel because he was the, everything that they fucking hated that ECW hated. And Triple H is everything that ECW fucking hated, even more so than Cena, because Cena is, like, a corny dude and whatever. But Triple H is, like, what ECW would actually threaten ECW, which is a guy taking the essence of ECW and poorly replicating it for his own gain. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, you're making DX. Yeah, DX was just the problematic parts of ECW without any of the like, well, this guy's like 5'8", so of course he's angry. I mean, from your mouth to God's ears, baby, you're actually making great points. I remember watching that and being like, that should be Triple H because the place would actually go nuts, but it's like they would rather present John Cena in that light and that very much colors like the rest of his career. In the WWE, where it's like they're like, oh, everyone's just booing Cena. Why are they doing it? It's like, well, at certain points, you've sacrificed him instead of Triple H because you'd rather have Triple H kind of like be the cool, badass attitude era guy. Wow. Which he, which he's not because like we can all. Yeah. I mean, no, no. I'm just, it's just I'm compressing. I just people who play role playing board games recognize people who play role playing board games. I guarantee I could show up to Triple H's house and just say one word. I'd be like settlers. And he would be like. I'm taking myself off the road for three days. Yeah, yeah. I've got Pepsi Max, and I'll be like, Pepsi Max, and he'll be like, I have some of the original in the case still. <laughs> and then he'll kiss me softly, and then we'll just drink Pepsi and play that game without blinking for three days. That's real good stuff. There's no way Triple H, like Triple H is the nerd. I, I still say this, like, it's just that most nerds it's actually respectable because most nerds would be like i remember some nerds i would hang out with would be like i got drunk last night and i'm like oh and what'd you do and they'd be like play warcraft 2 <laughs> like you know that doesn't make it better you just got drunk and did a nerdy thing and triple h was the one who was like uh i did reps yeah i worked out and then i stayed up to date on what's happening in he-man yeah i want to let you know that i uh have uh been leaping loads so this is when we get the december um sorry this is when we get the first moments towards bret hart coming back to the wwe a moment we all thought man that would be insane and then it happened and we all didn't care the first one was crazy but then after that nothing really happened much like everything that will happen 
in the 2010s in WWE. That is the end of the aughts in WWE, the start of the decade. A, com- a company still cresting. They have new champions. I really feel like, before we get into the worst, uh, best and worst, I really feel like my malaise about Vince McMahon is coming across. And I want to say I'm so excited for the 2010s because I love Vince McMahon v. CM Punk. And that's what we're gearing up to next year, next week. No, next week is WWE mm. Studios. Next week is even better. Next week is Vince McMahon's weird softcore porn company that he made that doesn't even make porn. Oh, I can't fucking wait. Yeah, just the storylines of softcore porn. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking so, 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 so sick. This is going to be great. The straight to... This is like weirdly... I wonder how... I don't know anything about how much money they made or lost in WWE Studios, and I'm very excited because it could be like the Olsen twins in the early 90s where it's like they have an empire and just no one knows. Um, you know, this could be like how they profited $40 million in every single year in the 2000s, and we just have no idea. But... We started the 2000, year 2000, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Kurt Angle, Triple H, a plethora of talent. And we're ending the 2000s with Triple H, Shawn Michaels is back from the dead, John Cena, Randy Orton, I guess. Is Batista still around? It's boring. And we're going to get into an even more boring fucking era, the 2010s. They try wacky shit, but then also kind of don't try things at the same time. The set is the same the entire decade. Will anything change? No. Yeah. Again, don't worry. The malaise will wear off as soon as CM Punk stops the summer of punk in 2011 and we'll be back to fuck this guy fuck that guy but guess what we are approaching the end and then we get to fucking yeah exactly the summer of punk that ends in kevin nash powerbombing him a bunch as it should just like it ended in ring of honor that's how it ended in ring of honor (laughs) yeah in ring of honor what happened is kevin nash powerbombed him and then actually he got pinned by six not sean waltman six it's fucking hot it's fucking cool. John Hastings, what's your favorite thing about Vince McMahon in these two years? That he get, tried to give Ric Flair a nice retirement, and even though his intentions were bad, he That's was like, funny. Rick, you have to go. Like, this is this is going to get uncomfortable. And Rick, in Rick's head, he was going, you don't know how uncomfortable it's going to get, Vince. <laughs> that is the only nice thing he did. I think the best thing was the feud with the owner of the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good, too. I mean that's 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 how he absolutely excels as just being a petty asshole is very 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 good at it. The worst thing, I don't know, all of the wrestling stuff that happened, just not pushing CM Punk whatsoever. Uh I mean I, no, don't say that. What a fucking loser I am. Just ignoring every single wrestler who wasn't Triple H and Shawn Michaels and all this. And and kind of actually probably more so just being nervous because of the stockholders to take a chance on new wrestlers. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I guarantee for Vince, the reason why he doesn't take stock over new wrestlers is because CM Punk was a vegan. And he's like, I have all this excess elk meat. If we have another uh, vegan champion, it's going to go bad. And everyone's like, it's gone bad 10 years ago. You left it in your car. And he's like, I had my smell removed, so my farts could be even worse. And then he farts in his wife's mouth and walks into his house. Yeah. (laughs) So that's it. Did you do a worst? Do a worst, you fucking piece of shit. I'm going to say worst is his entire malaise over his entire company and the treatment of his employees continuing from uh, this day to that. Yeah, I mean, it really comes through in the feud with the Nuggets owner 
how he is so good at that and he still has that spark of creativity. He just can't apply it to wrestling anymore, be it because of the stockholders or because he has absolute control or a combination, which it probably is of both. Yeah, it's fucking fascinating. It's one of those things where you're just like, fuck this guy, fuck them in the fucking neck. Yeah, it's just, bo- it's just, bo- this is the boring years, make no mistake. These are the years where if you started becoming a wrestling fan and you own the video games, the roster is like, why is Mason Ryan really good? Like, there's nothing to sink your teeth into. It's like, hey, yeah, here's Vladimir Kozlov. He's not even going to be the Intercontinental Champion. He's just going to be making you sad all the time. Like, and if you buy the video games too, it's like, that was my favorite thing about getting the video games where it's like the guy would be pushed one year. So Vladimir Kozlov is like an 88 and then the next year he's a 72. And That's it's like, a really funny just, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're done with him. We're done. He's done. Who cares? All right. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We're done. He's done. Who cares? What a great way to finish an episode on 2008 and 2009. Uh, next week, of course, WWE Studios will be switching up a bit, so we won't be as fucking bored reading all this oh, bullshit. Yeah, Why did we agree better. to this? Why did we <laughs> agree to this? Oh, no. Oh, no. Not, not this now. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. Take it out. Oh. Put it on the table. <laughs> and let me know. The next week we're talking about the WWE Studios. For Dylan Gott. My name is John. Kiss me on the mouth. No, mountain. we gotta I gotta uh, I gotta uh do the plugs. Oh yeah. But oh, I'm on Twitch every day. www.twitch.tv backslash Who puts the ww dot in <laughs> Twitch.com. H Twitch.com P colon backslash backslash Sometimes I'm applying for things and I put like, what's your Twitter? And I'll be like, twitter.com backslash, which even is stupid to put twitter.com. And then they'll be like, that's not the website. And I'm like, you're going to make me do it. H-T-T-P-S. <laughs> yep. So it's secure. Yeah, that's right. That's goddamn right. John Hastings comedy on Twitch. He's twitching all the time. He's twitching all the time. He does a lot of blow and then he goes on Twitch. I mean, there's a lot of blow chat. Um if you're listening to this on Sunday, I will be either watching Sex in the City 2 or play Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. It's mostly Grand Theft Auto these days, and it's pretty sick. I mean, what was the one you went around the map with a bike? Oh, yeah, I biked fun. around the map twice. Oh, <laughs> that's fucking... <laughs> that sounds just like an utter waste of time. I love it. I mean, today my plan is uh, I'm going to play for two hours, and my plan is I want to get six stars and then see how long I can hide for. Here's what you should do is download Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because you can work out in that one and then just get your guy get your guy as as buff as possible and then try and get him as fat as possible and see how long that takes. I mean, the problem, I would totally do that. I think I have Grand Theft San Andreas on my computer. Do it. Buy it. it if you buy it on Xbox, then it was like $3 for me to buy it. And I definitely did that for fun. But is it uh, is it upward compatible? Will it work for the Xbox One? That's what I'm saying. You can buy it online. Xbox line Xbox one has certain Xbox 360 games that you can buy on that you can just buy through the Microsoft store and then download and play I don't think that that's available though you fuck no it is I mean I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you with my words that I have it on my Xbox one that I have purchased literally it. done this recently yes oh, great I'm gonna do that right now twitch.com backslash John Hastings comedy we're on Twitter at wrestler review at wrestler review on Instagram patreon.com backslash wrestler review i think we're gonna watch that old interview where vince mcmahon gets upset about the steroid trial at bruno san martino sometime we'll figure out when we're doing that and post it online our next episode 
for the members is also Wade Barrett. That was requested by Meg Big Daddy McKay. And the other thing is, go fuck yourselves. Fuck me on a bed. Not roses. Those hurt. Carrots. I love carrots. Dylan likes a high thread. Mm, High thread count? Tons of carrots. Never get enough farmer's market carrots. Thanks so much, guys. You guys are the best. Keep listening for the love of God.